0: Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily Janes, your host, here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu I. Hey, Pastor Fanu, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Emily, and excited for another Mission Connect podcast. In fact, I'm super excited that we've got someone on the podcast today that's very close to us, this mm-hmm. uh, a woman of God, a mother in the faith, if you will, uh, someone that's actually been a part of the Passion to Reach Ministries journey uh, now for uh, about 10 years, really, wow. and uh, been a supporter, uh, has invested of her time, her finances, her wisdom. Uh, into our ministry, helping us become who we are today. And so I'm just thrilled to have her uh, Mm -hmm. as a guest on the podcast. And, you know, what I love about Pauline, and I know we enjoyed our conversation with her, was she is such a discipler and a mentor to so many people. And, uh, you know, Emily, one of the things we are passionate about here at Passion for Ministries is in discipling people and mentoring people. So why don't you talk to our listeners a little bit about what we offer churches and pastors. And, and by the way, I feel like a lot of pastors struggle with this. They say, you know, Pastor Fino, we do evangelism. People do make commitments to Christ. But we just don't have a plan to disciple them. We just don't know how to do that. So why don't you talk about how we equip churches to be able to do that?
0: Yeah, well we have really uh two different options. We have a full program which is called the Missional Church Blueprint. That comes in and really looks at the whole pathway, the whole process from outreach, evangelism, and then into discipleship and connections in the church. And and so there we would uh, train, we train all the leaders and specifically leaders who oversee the discipleship and connections ministries where, and then we begin to actually develop a whole discipleship pathway in the church. So from beginning to end, the moment somebody comes into the church to the moment that they uh, are now really serving in ministry and are ready to be leaders. So That's one way, but also we have so many trainings that we've developed on uh, developing your leadership uh, team in discipleship, developing your congregation with discipleship tools and how to disciple. We've uh, created a whole mentorship curriculum. So it can be a Saturday morning workshop. It can be a six week uh, course uh, in the evenings, weekly where we can train leaders. We can train the people of the church. We can train people, ministry workers in your church on mentorship and on discipleship and then we can help actually implement those programs in your church.
1: Also, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking Emily, we have our missional dot academy uh, online training platform as well and we're actually running our Easter special still. It actually ends at midnight tonight, when this podcast is released, which is April 4th, Wednesday. And so uh, here's the deal. If you go on Academy and you pick a course of your choosing and send an email to info at to That's I-N-F-O at passiontoreach.com. Uh And let us know that you want that course for free. We're gonna give it to you for free. Wow. So do that before midnight tonight. Uh, April the 4th, so you can take advantage of that deal. With that, let's bring on uh, our guest today as she talks about investing in the lives of people and fulfilling God's mission in your life by helping others discover and fulfill God's
0: mission for their life. So we're going to welcome our special guest onto the podcast today. She's someone that's very close to both you and I, Pastor Phineas. someone that's been a great part of our life and journey, and she's got an incredible testimony and encouragement to people on pouring out to others. So let's welcome Pauline she's on to the show. Hi.
1: Hey, Pauline. We're excited to have you on the podcast today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So uh, talk to us a little bit about how you came to faith in Christ. Uh, You know, we usually like to start off talking about uh, what was it like for you to discover faith in Christ? Now, you did not grow up in a uh, born-again family uh, where there was a personal commitment to Christ, correct? Correct. Okay. And so what was the journey or the process for you to coming to faith in Christ and having your life transformed
2: yes um it started out I, I come from a family of 16 children oh. and we were roman catholic french people so we were brought up in new Brunswick, and that's all i knew when i was 10 my parents decided that, that we would move to ontario when they figured there'd be better future for us mm-hmm. and that's when we traveled here in ontario and looking back you see god's pursuit for my life i saw like looking back i saw different points so um i grew up in a french community in georgetown and then when it came to high school uh, it was a public high school so my parents wanted us to keep our our faith in in our catholic faith so we had friday night meetings and um at one meeting i wanted I raised my hand and said to the priest, I want to be baptized. Yeah. I was 17 at the time, and he just didn't understand me. And he, why, you know, looking back, you know, God put that into my heart where I I needed to be baptized yeah. and then never understanding, knowing scripture, nothing like that. And that was how the break from the Catholic Church happened to me. Yeah. And then I went looking um, for God. God, I I went looking to fill a void that was in my life. My father was an alcoholic and I had many um, internal and I was very uh, rough. I was very vulgar. I was very disobedient and just very angry, I guess, at the whole world. Mm. And I got married, unfortunately, to an alcoholic. It kind of follows you. And I remember being in my bed many times um, crying out and I would cry out and then say, Jesus, if you're out there, you you gotta meet me. And I'd be crying. I didn't even understand why I was crying. And then one day we had so many um, problems in our marriage that we ended up in this little church in um, Brampton, which is APC now. And um, I went to a service and finally, the pastor explained to me salvation. He said to me, "Um, you know, you need, there's a door there and somebody's knocking at the door and his name is Jesus. And he said, you need to open the door of your heart and you need to let him come in. And I'm telling you, um, I did. And I felt like liquid love pour all over me. I I can almost cry now because it's, Still as real, and it's 42 years later. And um, he, I fell in love with him. Like, he loved me with all my masks, with all my hang ups, with all my um, filth and disappointments. And he just poured in, and I felt love, I would say, for the very first time, where it was within, it was unconditional. And I ended up on the floor because of the Holy Spirit, and then spoke in tongues and
0: got filled, and this is how I began my journey. Wow, that's incredible. So here you are. um, What age did you come to know the Lord? Like, what at what point in your life was that?
2: Yeah, that's when I was um, 20. I had just had a daughter. So uh, I had a a six-month-old daughter, and I was 21, married, and having a lot of marriage problems.
0: So here you are, young, uh, newlywed, a young mother, yeah. and, and all of a sudden in this season of of discovering God and building this relationship with God. So tell us a little bit of that point, because we're going to talk in a moment about kind of where you are now and how you uh, really empower and equip people um and are like a mother to many people but how did that yeah. uh, from that point to where you are now how did that where what was that journey for you what were some key areas where god began to pour into you in a way that you could pour out to others
2: um it started out for sure of loving him and knowing without a shadow of a doubt that he loved me as a father and i just was on cloud nine for months in the sense that it was so powerful from what I was because I knew I was so angry I knew I was so bitter but with him he just made all the difference so um, as I went through the different trials and we all go through different trials and we go through difficult times it's always that love that he poured into my life that have kept me um, step by step. And then when I saw my sisters come to know Christ, when I saw uh, my neighbors come to know Christ, when I saw my co-workers come to know Christ because of my life, because Mm -hmm. I would share with them how he transformed my life. And even my family uh, who were Catholic, my mom and dad um, basically kicked me out of the house, never came to the wedding um, because I was the first Catholic uh, breaking, I guess the the situation or the religious background, and it just made me stronger in the sense that I knew there was never going back. Like I knew from then that I was never going to go back. So, whatever the trial came, I'd always say, "Okay, Father, help me through," because we're going to go through it. And help me. What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying? And then I got into the word more and I got to prayer more, and you just grew um, in knowing Christ, and then you became better equipped to help others. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a powerful testimony in just this um, transformation of. Uh, someone who, who grew up really searching for love, right? Searching for, yeah, yeah. I guess, just it, being accepted. Um, you come yeah. from a large family. And so I guess sometimes you can kind of get uh, lost in those situations. And then now here you are. And that moment had really um, not just transformed your lives, but transformed the lives of your family members. Absolutely. It were, transformed both of us.
1: And you know, one of the things that I'm thinking about as I'm listening to you, Pauline, is that many times, you know, our salvation and God working in our lives is not just for us. It's for others. And I think maybe at some point, at some level in Christendom today, we've lost this understanding because you know, there's all this talk about my personal savior. And again, I get it. Yeah. Even that, that's true. He is our personal Lord and our savior. And we have a personal relationship with him. But sometimes I think people have this understanding or the sense that because he's for me, he's just for me. But he's not just for us, right? He No. Is for us, but then through us, he's for others. And so right from your salvation, it's so obvious and evident that Christ came not just to you, but he actually came for your family as well. He just happened to come through you to them.
2: Mm. Absolutely. There was um, such a transformation. And um, I always, because you love him so much. It's easy to pour love, like it's easy to flow because it flows through your life because you're secure in Him. And it makes such a huge um, difference. And the scripture that comes to my mind now, uh, it says, you know, with the same comfort that you've been comforted with, comfort others. Right. Mm-hmm. So walking through the trials, going through the trials, there is always a purpose that will help someone along the way. Like um, even though I had to go through um, a difficult divorce, um, my ex-husband left when uh, my daughter was 18 months old and mm-hmm. I became a single parent. And all the struggles that go with that, you know, how do you become unmarried? How, mm-hmm. um, how am I going to make it financially? How am I going to? every single step god helped me but not only that i could relate to all the divorced and single people and i certainly did that god has a way of bringing people to your life mm-hmm. many times that are with the same situation that you can share with mm-hmm. and that's the wonder of god is that he knows every one of us and he knows how to you know meet to meet you and me to meet another and me to share and um it's awesome it's a it's a it's such a like to give is better to receive, and it's not just a cliche is that mm-hmm. if you help someone in their journey and you take their hand, whether it's for a while or a month or a year or whatever, to me that's success that's walking with God that's sharing my life with another, and there's nothing more powerful than that to me
1: you know i i as you're talking I'm thinking about this phrase, um, the transference of faith, you know, this idea yeah. that faith is, uh, it's almost like, you know, the Canadian, um, blood, I don't know what they call them now. Blood services, uh, has the saying it's in you to give, <laughs> It's and I true. love that, you know, it's in you to give. And so it's yeah. the same with faith, isn't it? It's in you to give. If, it, if God yeah. has placed it in you, it's so that he can give it f- through you to somebody else. And so I'm thinking about the scripture, Second um, Timothy 1 uh, verse 5 says, I remember your genuine faith. And this is uh, Paul speaking uh, of Timothy and to Timothy. And he says, for you share the faith, that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. Uh, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. So, at two levels, um, from um, from an, a perspective of his mother's and his, or his mother mm-hmm. and his grandmother, uh, there was a transference of faith, and I love how it says. It says, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother. So here's a woman that was full of faith, and the overflow yeah. of her faith went on to her daughter, and the overflow of her daughter's faith went on to her grandson. And so that's one side of it. And on the other side, Paul says, and I laid my hands on you, and again, there was a transference of faith. And and I almost feel like that's really what we need to focus on today is how do we transfer faith? How do we transfer the presence of God, the, uh, the, the truths of God, um, and even the lifestyle that goes with knowing God? How do we transfer that into other people? Because I feel that you and I have no idea of um, where a person may go uh, if mm-hmm. you plant a seed. Uh, into that person's life, you know what I mean, and, and I think that's one yeah. of the, that's one of the uh, exciting things about pouring into others. Right? Is that you just don't know yeah. where they're going to go, and I can say, uh, Pauline, you know, we've known each other for so long, and um, even when I first came uh, to our home church, and you know, connected with you, and uh, just all the times of talking and sharing and counsel and support, not just in in word, but also in action. Um, you know, I look at it today. I'm thinking, what an incredible deposit that has been in my life. You know, and then when I got married uh, with my wife, and and so you see the fruit of those seeds that are planted in our lives. And I know Emily can say the same. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I want us to talk about that for a few moments. And the reason is because again, I want us to help people shift away from this selfish perspective of fulfilling god's mission i've got to be someone great i've got to be someone on stage i've got and i'm not saying any of that's wrong but it's just that that's not the only way and Mm -hmm. sometimes multiplication comes not by just pouring into yourself it's by pouring into many others and letting them fulfill their destiny so why don't you talk to us a little bit about how you do that
2: yeah there there's um many ways of doing that when I look at uh, what God has opened and opportunities that I've had uh, um there was a coworker that I was working with, and she was going through a lot of marriage problems and and going through and she started opening up so you know number one is we need to listen and care for people mm-hmm. uh where they're where they're at right. And then I started to share the word with her saying how, you know, I went through a divorce and you know, the Lord, um, and I shared salvation, how I came to know the Lord. And all of a sudden she came to work one day in the middle of the office. Mm -hmm. And she says to me, Pauline, I want the God that you have. That's what I want. Can we, can we pray right now? Like, and, and I'm thinking people around me, like we're talking, we're at work. And I said, I said, yes, of course, and so she accepted the Lord right there, Mm. and then I went to her uh, wedding because they were living together, Mm. so she made things right, and today, she's a little bit like you, Pastor Fanu, she's an evangelist, like she will share high and low, she will, she's so um, in love with the Lord, and so I don't know how many hundreds of people have come through God through her life, and you know, it, the seed has to be deposited, like Mm -hmm. you said. And even when I look at my family, like I was sharing before, Mm -hmm. my sisters came to know the Lord, and then they got married to Christian. And then there was a period that my daughter um, left because she was brought up in the Christian faith. And then at 16, um, she ended up being pregnant and then when mother having a child and It was a very difficult season again of my life because you say, okay, Lord, you took everything that meant anything, Mm -hmm. and it's left with him and I. And all through my journey, there's one thing that I always say to the Lord in my prayer time, devotion, it's you and I, Lord. It's you and I, but it's to give out. Mm -hmm. It's never, it's you and I, and I'm selfish and I do nothing. Mm -hmm. It's, It's you and I, and what I have, I can give. And I do that and do that. And, and at church, I mean, it started with 12 people and then look at it today. We're, you know, 450, maybe 500 people. And I'm connected to a lot of people. Why? Because you have that love. You have that caring. You want them to succeed. You want people to do well. You want them that are hurting to meet Christ. And he can take the pain just like he took my pain. Mm-hmm. So because I know that I know because he's done it in my life, um, it's so powerful because the fruits are there. Because they can't they can't say, well, you know, you don't understand. I do understand, mm-hmm. and I'm very real in the sense I share the hard times, I share the difficult times, but I also share victories so victories like god opened the mission field i've went on 21 mission trips so that's again one of my passions one of my things but it's every day that we share it's every day that we have a mission field uh, my family's a mission field we're not all saved yet so i have them at my house often why because i have a haven it's my home it's my i can say grace i can i can pray i can because it's my home So I think God gives you wisdom, keys, how to
0: reach people. So if you, I want you to talk to two people. First, if someone's listening who uh, maybe wants a mentor, is kind of starting out their journey, or maybe just in a season where they're like, I really want, I'd love for someone to come alongside me, what would you say to them in terms of maybe a practical step or uh, someone in particular to the type of person to look for or whatever it might be, maybe just a key in terms of how they can begin to look for a mentor. And then also maybe somebody who's in a season where they're like, you know, I want to i want I want to empower people I want to equip people. What was maybe a key for you or a step that you took to begin to do this? Somebody who wants to mentor and pour into others so those two people, what would you say to them to begin that process or that journey? Yes, to those
2: that are looking uh, for help or a mentor or can't seem to walk on their own for a season, I think that's like. It's okay. It's okay to find someone. So how do you find someone? Usually, um, it it might just be beside you or it might, uh, you can ask your pastor, you can have elders, you can see, uh, you know, usually women with women, men with men, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's just asking for help saying you know what I need a season and I've mentored people that I've walked with them six months and then they're fine and they're on their way and then we're still friends but we're not on a on a more because the person has went through the hurt or the pain or the situation Um, but I think we all need mentors at different seasons of our life because Mm -hmm. at times we face um, things that we never planned for. I never planned for a divorce. I never planned for my daughter getting pregnant. I never planned for those things. Never thought it would ever enter my home, but it did. So at that season of my life, thank God for my sisters, they were there for me. They prayed with me. They cried with me. They they encouraged me. They In the difficult times, they were there. And then somehow God gives you the grace and you come through it. And then, you're good again, right? Mm-hmm. We do get knocked down, but it's you can't stay knocked down. You gotta get up again. That's the that's the key. And as far as how do you mentor, I think um I think it's in us. Like honestly, I think it's in us to mentor. Like he said, make disciples. Like he's very clear on what our goal is once we accept the Lord into our lives. But like you said, Pastor Fenu, sometimes we want it to be on the stage or we want it to be, um, in a ministry or we want it, we want it to be seen somehow. Um, it brings importance, but, It's really, it can be that, but it's certainly not that. I think it's walking every day, every single day. You walk and you look for opportunities, you smile, you pray for someone, one lady at work, her husband, this is very recent, her husband um, got an operation and he got his esophagus and stomach taken out and she's Catholic, so here you go. God brings a Catholic. Why? Because I come from there. So I started to share with her. And now I'm praying with her. And now I'm praying with her husband. Um, you know, God will bring them to you because he wants people to be saved, right?
1: That's uh, that, that's really powerful. That I, I think really, you know, part of our our vision behind doing this podcast, Pauline, is really for these yeah. kind of stories because, you know, what we are looking for is God use us in an organic way. no, not in a yeah. not in a made up you know position, title, a box that somebody creates for us and we function uh, in certain areas or certain tasks during certain times and dates. For instance, I'm an usher at church, yeah. I'm a Sunday school teacher, I'm a worship leader. you know, and that's all good again. that's wonderful when we come yeah. together, right? but, life is beyond sunday morning right life is beyond it is services right life is uh, that neighbor life is that colleague life is uh that brother or that sister or that family member right and so uh, i i think it's really amazing what you're sharing and uh, and i love how you brought it back to discipleship you know and i know emily's really um passionate about this this idea that isn't this what jesus did in Like I sometimes wonder, like, you know, it's interesting because the Bible says when Peter walked, his shadow started healing people. It doesn't tell us, we don't know, but it doesn't tell us that Jesus had a shadow healing ministry, but Peter did, you know what I'm saying? Like, so my point is that Jesus could have done so much more if he just wanted to like, if I can use the term show off his power. Yeah. Yeah. And yet instead of doing that, he spent, he did, you know, demonstrate his power, but he spent so much time investing into the mm-hmm. men who then ended up doing so much for the kingdom of God and multiplying the, the, you know, the time that Jesus invested. Because if you think about it, what, it was three and a half years and that was all it was, right? And that's right. I just think that is fascinating. And that's what God called us to is life mm-hmm. on life. Um, so, yes. share, uh, and, there's no specific question here, but just share um, a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, to your point, it's very interesting you bring out Peter's shadow because at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. so you know how you, you just say to the Lord, okay, so uh, where are we going this year? What's right. what? And the Lord said to me, you need to walk the scripture. Like, you need to walk, you know what to do. Most of us know the word enough that, you know, you find yourself in a conflict, you go and ask for uh, forgiveness, you make things right, and you keep your heart clean. But the scripture that he gave me was that, the shadow of Peter healed, all those. And he says, Pauline, you're in the shadow. That is the ministry. You work you know, we don't um there's a, a quote that says, We would do so much more if it didn't matter who got the glory. Mm. Like we would have, we would do so much more if it didn't matter. And that's been part of my life, uh, even more so uh, coming this year, where I just say, you know what? Every day, Lord, we're doing something every day. Uh, I'm going to walk in the shadow because it's a great place. There was healing in the shadow. There's shade in the shadow. There's rest in the shadow. There's, you don't have to be in the light. And I feel that's where Christians have gone off a bit, where. Instead of walking every day, you go to church on Wednesdays and Sundays, but that's not life. Like it's a good thing; it helps you to grow. It, but it's still, what happens to Monday? Like <laughs> what happens to Tuesday? God, God will use you in so many which you think is menial. But I know it pleases the heart of God, and that's what matters to me. If I please God's heart by smiling at my friend or my neighbor, or if I'm able to help someone at work or uh, my family phones and they want babysitting and I can do it, to me, I please the heart of God because you're willing to uh, love, period.
1: Pauline, we have to wrap up in a couple of minutes here. but. I have uh, a couple of things I want to run by you that people would say that are listening that they would identify as challenges. So uh, call it a lightning round. Just how do you deal with the following when it comes to pouring into the lives of others, investing into others, discipling others? One, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I don't have the time. What do you say to that? I'm sure you face that too. How how, How do you deal with that?
2: I I say um, I I purpose in my heart to make the time. I'm at work anyway, so what is there to be busy about? Yes, I'm doing my work, but I have breaks. I have lunch, so whenever people come by or I've made friends and I so I will share at every opportunity there. Period. The evening, depending um, because of my. I'm by myself, that's my situation today. I have given at least three nights a week where I meet someone. Uh, I'll uh, mentor many uh, ladies from our church. I mentor two or three ladies that are not from my church. And then I mentor a business who is not saved at all. This lady wants to run a business and and I love finances. So I've dedicated three evenings. Sometimes um, it's two depending, if people come, but I've given those evenings. So I make it two hours, no more than that. Uh, we meet usually um, in the tins or in their home or in my home, or and um, I see them grow. Some people have done it for six months and somebody else comes along. I say, if, if this is what you want to do, um, you'll make time. I mean, we... Yeah, we bring our kids to how many hockey games and how many things. And we, um, you know, we go out for dinners or we do. I just say it's just scheduling your life where you have time. Look at Emily. She has three kids, a husband, a home. Yet here she is with us tonight mm-hmm. and sharing. So you make the time. You just right. make the time.
1: Number two, I'm afraid. I'm sure you go through that sometimes too. I'm afraid yeah. to take yeah. Time to say hello, to make that first move? Uh, what if I don't yeah. know the answer? What if they ask, put me in the spot, ask me something about my past and, and, you know, am I comfortable sharing? Uh, I'm just afraid. What do you say to that?
2: Yeah. I say um, take the first step because sometimes it comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on Wednesday they were selling voodoo kits at work and this This lady and my colleague came with this voodoo thing and, you know, you could pierce your, your boss and stuff. And so you take a stand where you know, it's absolutely wrong. So I said, you know what, get rid of that voodoo because there's power in it. Mm. So they laughed at me, Mm. but the truth is the truth. At least I push back the enemy. Like I push back to me, the forces, um, that are trying to come into their lives. So, um, you know, sometimes I'm quiet, not very often, but you know, I, I believe God gives you the right. Um, but I've got laptop, absolutely. I've got uh, people that dislike me for the values I stand. But mm-hmm. I remember that, that scripture where it says, you know, you are the light. So the darkness is not going to like you. Mm-hmm. So. It's getting rid of that area where you have to please men.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, it, it, it's hard. But once you've established, like at work now I'm established. They know I'm a Christian. They know I pray. They know I love God. Now it's much easier. But the first step is always the hardest.
1: And uh, the third one and the final one. And this is yeah. for those that you invest in deeply. So not the, just their random conversation at work, but the ones you meet consistently three months, six months, maybe a year yeah.
2: You're heavily invested yeah. in them.
1: Um, the challenge would be, uh, what's in it for me? What if they don't, what, what if they don't do anything back for me? What if they don't remember me? What if it works for them? Let's take that business for instance. Um, what if it, it the business starts, it flourishes, but, you know, she, she knows I was there. She acknowledges it privately, but there's nothing really in it for me. And so I think some people struggle with that. They struggle with, well, you know, why am I going to do this? Will they, will they treat me um, like I should be treated for the time and the energy and the investment that I pour into them? And I'm sure sometimes that question comes into your heart or, you know, in the flesh, I mean, in the natural realm. Yeah think about those things or or sometimes someone does that they walk away and you don't hear from them and you spend six months with them you know how do you deal with that
2: it's um it's it's definitely um where you have to become selfless um does it bug you at times absolutely sometimes there's um a taken for granted or there's um Sometimes people uh, want something and then you just realize along the way they want something. Mm. But at the end of the day, I pray about meeting people and I say, if I've invested into them and I've made a little difference, then I've done well. Mm. Um, that That's it. Like mm. I, I honestly don't expect back. Um, sometimes you do. I, I, I have to be honest. Sometimes um, you would think, I've worked so hard and, you know, I've helped you so much. Um, I've invested money, time, whatever. And, you know, but at the end of the day, I say, you know what, Father, um, that's not why I do it. I do it because I love him. And you know what? I really do it for. <laughs> I know you're going to find it funny, but I have an account in heaven. I have a account in heaven that I know the Lord keeps track of. And I mean that sincerely, where, you know, you might never see what I do, but he does. And he keeps an account. And I want, when I meet him, where he says to me, you know what, Pauline, well done. Well done. Good and faithful. You've done well. And those are the words I want to hear. So. I'm going to work at it. When those thoughts come, I captivate them and I say, you know what? That's not why I do it. I do it to help another, period.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Wow. Well, Pauline, this has been a very uh, rich conversation and I think uh, an encouragement to so many that are listening Mm -hmm. uh, that it is not uh, in the titles and the positions and the recognition. But it's, uh, it's in discipling people. It's in investing mm-hmm. people. Uh, it's really, you know, following the model and the example of Jesus. So thank yeah. you so much for sharing your life, uh, your heart, and uh, your mission uh, with us and the listeners of this podcast.
2: I love you guys. I thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank, thank you. you.
1: Emily, I thought that was a really rich conversation, as I said, uh, when Pauline was on, you know, because I feel that, uh, you know, so, sometimes uh, we talk about, and, you know, just last week we had a, a missionary to Africa who went to the Congo, did some daring things for God. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the kind of thing that gets people excited. And yet, then you have people such as Pauline who, they may not be the ones that necessarily do those things. Although, you know, she mentioned she's been on, a, on many mission trips, short-term mm-hmm. trips, uh, but she may be the one that inspires that person to go. She may be the one behind that hero in the eyes of people uh, that is equipping them and encouraging them uh, to go for their dream and fulfill what God's called them to do. And I think uh, we, don't, we never realize, we never recognize, we don't see them, but God knows who they are. And I really loved her answers to those last three questions that we mm-hmm. talked about. The first one was on uh, this idea of, uh, what if I don't have time? You know, what if I'm so busy? And, uh, you know, her answer, Emily, was, you know what? Schedule time. Make time. I mean, you know, set time apart. And for her, it was three nights a week. Maybe for somebody that's listening, it's uh, one evening a week. Maybe it's two Saturday mornings for breakfast a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whatever works for you, uh, you know, invest that time
0: yeah you know I've even found even in this busy season the motherhood is stuff involve your kids you know and go out with another mom to a park Good. with the, take the kids watch them and have a cup of coffee. I've done that on numerous occasions where you know we've grabbed a coffee and taken the kids over to the park and it's true like what what uh, we we are invested in we will set aside time for and so it's a matter of blocking that out and being invested there.
1: The second thing we talked about was fear. And a lot of people are afraid. And, and you know, Pauline talked about this idea of, you know, just stepping out uh, yeah. and just knowing who she is and letting people know who she is and being willing uh, to let herself be known for her faith and her uh, belief in God and uh, being willing to engage people. And I think that's, that's important. If you're going to invest in people, if you're going to disciple people, you just mm-hmm. got to know that, you know what, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to step out. I'm just going to make that for people.
0: Yeah. We had a, a guest on our podcast a little while back, maybe a couple months ago. And Jen Wilton, she talked mm-hmm. about discipleship and she was saying, do it afraid. You That's know, right. something is, is right. not getting over the fear and then going, it's doing it in spite of the fear.
1: And the third one we sh- she talked about was this idea of, you know, what if you're not recognized? And, and she was pretty, I think, transparent about the fact that from a human perspective, there are times we do expect from people, although we don't set out for that. You know, once we've built that relationship and poured into them, uh, it's just, I guess, being human to have certain expectations. And yet uh, you sort of go back, as she said, and, and say, God, I, I, you know, I'm not doing this to be known by people. I'm doing this to be known by you. So when I get into your presence, um, there's an account in heaven. And it records all the time I'm investing in the lives of others.
0: Yeah, I think of the scripture that where it says, do everything that you do unto the Lord and not unto men. And that really is her heart. And that is, out of that, she. this is why she pours into people. This is why she takes the time to invest. This is why she does it even when it's uncomfortable, because she's doing it for God and not for men, ultimately. So awesome. Very,
1: uh, friends, listen, I hope you listen to it again. And I hope you shared with somebody so they can be encouraged in their journey of discipling uh, others. And talking about investing, Emily, I just want to remind all of our listeners about how we're investing in you this mm-hmm. Easter season. Remember, tonight is the deadline uh, for our offer with missional.academy. And here's what it is. If you go on Missional that's M-I-S-S-I-O-N-A-L.academy, you'll see a bunch of courses that we've created to develop you, invest into your life in leadership. Pick one course uh, and send us an email at info at com. and whatever course you pick, we're gonna give it to you for free. So that's our way of saying uh, thank you for listening to this podcast and our way of investing into your life and leadership. So do it before midnight tonight. As always, friends, check us out on passion You can also find us on social media. Just type in Passion to Reach Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in again to the Mission Connect podcast.
0: Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.